Warning, the following podcast may contain potential plot spoilers, but then again, it may not at all. Hello and welcome to Potential Spoilers. I'm Kieran and I'm joined by Maddie D. Yo, Kieran, the respected lawyer develops a split personality that flips a coin when he is thrown in acid. Oh, yeah, that's I know. a good one. Who could that be? I don't know. But if you didn't want to know that, then you shouldn't be listening to this show because that... That is a spoiler. It certainly is. Now, typically what we do on this show is we look at upcoming Hollywood blockbusters and we attempt to predict as much of the plot as humanly possible before the movie comes out. And then when the movie comes out, we look at how well we did. But in this circumstance, you've joined us on another one of our special episodes and a little bit of a Halloween-themed special episode as well. So instead of predicting plots, we're trying to beat Hollywood to the punch. Uh, and this is certainly a franchise that, well, franchise, a book that's been adapted several a times. A theme, a trope could almost yeah. be right now. A very much a, a thing that's a part of the zeitgeist, a story that's a part of the zeitgeist. It's been adapted so many times. We're going to talk all about it in a sec, but we're doing a remake, I suppose. Could mm-hmm. be in a remake or an adaptation of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, just in time for Halloween. Yes, the spooky story. Now, it's actually been a while since they've done a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde movie. I believe the last one was in 20. 2016, the last big screen. Was that part of the MonsterVerse? Oh, yeah, you're right. There was Dr. Jekyll in the MonsterVerse as well, but we'll talk about that as we delve into it a little bit deeper. Um, Actually, let's delve into it a little bit deeper right now. So, of course, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde is uh, the movie, anyway. (laughs) Yeah. Pick any one of the 126 (laughs) or however many adaptations there are. They are actually based on the the gothic novella The Strange Case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde by Robert Louis Stevenson, uh, which I believe you've actually read now. I did. Uh, And it's actually also rumoured that Stevenson was high on cocaine when he was writing it. Oh, okay. I don't think that's ever been confirmed. Yes, there's a lot of drug use in the book. Well, not really. Not really. We'll talk about the book. Not a lot of full stops, so I could see it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So the, the other interesting thing to note about Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, well, Actually, Matty D, could you just explain the basic premise of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde to anybody out there, someone who's been living under a rock <laughs> and doesn't know the basic premise of the story? With the twist spoiled, as the twist is spoiled yeah, for yeah, everybody. Yeah. So Dr. Jekyll is a renowned scientist yep. that has created a potion that turns him into a disfigured, evil-doing little yep. man. Is he disfigured? Eh. How do they describe him in the book? It's been a while since I've read it. They describe him as very hateful looking. And then other characters speculate that he may have a deformity, but they can't put their finger on what it is. Because when I read it, in my head, I always imagined that he was just like a mean looking guy. Not necessarily twisted or deformed or ugly in any way. He was just mean, cruel looking man, but completely different looking to Dr. Jekyll. Yeah, there's something unsettling about the way he looks. Yeah. So Jekyll does this intentionally at first and then it goes out of control. Yeah. So he has to take a formula to turn into Mr. Hyde and then he has to take another formula to turn back into Dr. Jekyll, his regular self. It's like the split parts of his personality. Yeah, that's right. If I'm not mistaken, he initially uses Dr. Hyde's transformation to basically act out his fantasies yes, because that's he right. can go around and do stuff. Running over was... children and yes. ripping up forms. Beating people with sticks, <laughs> with walking sticks. Everything that he wanted to do, but he can do it without repercussions because he's a completely different person now. But then, of course, it slowly takes over his life. He begins well, to transform without drinking to, the potion. He wanted to split his personality up so that he could only be the good side of himself. Yeah, that's and right. And then he was like, ooh, I could be like bad and get away with it. And then he started doing that, and then it just went out of control. Now, since you've recently read the book, would you like to tell everybody what the actual plot of the book is that all these movies are based on? It's a similar thing, but we don't know that Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde are the same person. Yeah, that's right. It's the twist. 
It's the twist of the whole story. Yeah, so it is in the point of view of other characters who find this Dr. Hyde character running around and where... I believe it's Dr. Jekyll's lawyer and is it his friend? Yeah, it's his academic colleague. Yeah, that's right. So the two sort of like find his journal. Is that what happens? So they run into Mr. Hyde and Mr. Hyde seems to go into Dr. Jekyll's house. Yeah. He also gives out checks with Dr. Jekyll's handwriting (laughs) handwriting on on them. So it seems like either Dr. Jekyll is dead or he's being blackmailed or something funny's going on. Yeah, with Mr. Hyde. But we find yeah. out that they are the same person. Yeah, that's right. And that's the twist because they go in and they find Mr. Hyde dead mm-hmm. in Dr. Jekyll's clothes and they find like a journal next to his dead body and, and it's revealed in the final chapter. Everything from Dr. Jekyll's point of view basically summed up in a, in a couple of pages. But yeah, it's funny. And that's a spoiler. It's funny because <laughs> I, I think they originally... Yeah, well, Which yeah, I it's think I show. used that spoiler for one of our shows but Probably. I could not find which show it was. Probably. So anyone knows what show that is, send it to me because I would be interested. So it's such a well-known spoiler that almost every adaptation, because it was originally adapted in a stage version before it being adapted to film and radio and television, everything under the sun, cartoons even, we'll talk about that in a sec. It's just so well known now that almost every adaptation just takes it from Dr. Jekyll's point of view. So the story is typically from Dr. Jekyll's point of view and it isn't treated as a twist at all. So I want to know your history, Matty D. What's your history with Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde? Did you have one? First time I think I became aware of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde was from the Page Master. Oh, yes. Do you remember that? Yes, I do. I remember that really well. I must have known. Dr. Jekyll appears in that movie as the character Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. So it's about Macaulay Culkin. He gets sucked into like... <laughs> a book world and so he's and the librarian like, is played by Christopher Lloyd yeah, as well the page master himself mm. so I think that's where I first saw the idea of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde but I'm pretty sure I knew beforehand just through wasn't it in like a Bugs Bunny cartoon as well wasn't yeah, there a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde it's in episode so of many cartoons so I was aware of it but that was the first time I could remember seeing it I haven't seen any of the Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde movies at all really no have not but I've seen things that take the same idea and appropriate it. Yeah, yeah, fair so, enough. Like The Incredible Hulk? Yeah, like The Incredible Hulk, like Two-Face, Two-Face. Batman. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay, because he's a split personality. That character ah, was inspired very by Dr. Jekyll very and Mr. Clever. Hyde. So it seems to have inspired a lot of comic book characters because mm. it's very much like a comic book thing if you think about it. It is. Well, you could say that about any of these like older gothic horror stories as well. They always seem to inspire a lot of comic book yeah, villains even and now like Split. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, excellent examples. Now, what about you? What's your history? Uh, my history is very similar to yours. The I believe I saw, as I mentioned, that Looney Tunes cartoon where I think Bugs Bunny goes around to Dr. Jekyll's house and runs into Mr. Hyde there. And I saw the page master quite like you did. And then I got given the novella for Christmas one year, the one that you read. You didn't mention that in your history, but I think how, that was obvious. How old were you when you read that book? I was in primary school, so I was under 12. What did primary school Kieran think of it? Oh, it was a little bit dry. It was boring. Yeah, I didn't really like it or the appreciate it. The book was it. boring. <laughs> yes, so I think any of the film adaptations are a lot more interesting and, and engaging Mr. than the Hyde book Mr. Hyde doesn't do anything cool. No, he does not. Especially when you know the twist, it's like, yep, come on. Yes, Pick up exactly. the pace. It's not much of a story like, when you know the ooh, twist. I wonder what Mr. Hyde is doing. He's turning into Mr. Jekyll. I know this. Yes. Keep going. Yeah, exactly. Sorry, Dr. Jekyll. Exactly. Now, uh, a couple of episodes ago, I mentioned that I was doing a 100 movie challenge this year, which I've since finished. But the very first movie that I watched as a part of that 100 movie challenge was the 1920, one of the three 1920 versions of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, starring John Barrymore, who is in fact the, the grandfather of Drew Barrymore, believe is it, it or not. Really? Yes, it is. I was is. about to ask that as a joke, but really? Yes, it, it is. Really 
years. Yeah. So apparently the Drew family and the Barrymore family is like a long-running lineage, a long-running family of actors. So I think John Barrymore's most famous role was this 1920 Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. And wow. next thing you know, I think everyone knows his granddaughter better. But anyway, you know. this version, this Charlie's movie Angels. this movie version is a silent version. And it was excellent. I really enjoyed it. It was one of the, the highlights of the 100 movies. That he was, as in the, the actor, was really, really good in it. Yeah, because he played both roles. And he didn't wear any makeup, right? No, he didn't. He didn't wear makeup. Oh, he wore a little bit of makeup. He had, so, like, long fingernails. But yeah. he would just physically change his, well, his physicality. He would just literally change the shape of his face and the way that he holds his expression. And he looks like a completely different That's person. That's incredible. That's incredible. Yeah, it's something you've got to see. It's in the public domain, so anyone can sort of just oh, look it up we, on we YouTube. We also have to say that, you know, in League of Extraordinary gentleman yes Hulk yeah. is in that Hulk Hulk Hyde it might as well that. be Hulk it's a very incredible Hulk-esque version of Mr. Hyde and Dr. Jekyll because basically he just takes a formula and then Hulk's out he wears a giant top hat and his shirt's all torn. <laughs> Very interesting adaptation, of course, based on the comic of the same name. But I also had a Burbank, I believe that was the name of the studio, like an Australian cheap animation studio. They released their own version of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Right. So it was aimed at kids. And I remember this cartoon. It kind of creeped me out as a kid, but there was like implied rape and there was implied oh murder Lord. in this, this cartoon. And it was really sort of creepy. I'd never really liked it. I wouldn't watch it too often, but I definitely had it. But yeah, a really sort of jankly animated wait, wait, version. Wait. So like it was a sorry kids it was a VHS tape Yes, it was. Yeah, right. And they just gave it to you, or your parents bought it. Yeah, yeah, they bought a bunch of them. Your parents, (laughs) your parents just like introduced you to some like really adult stuff. Oh wait, you were quite old actually when you went there, weren't you? What What are you talking about? When you got that tape? No, no, I was like a little kid. It was like preschool age. Oh wow, crazy. Yeah. So yeah, like I said, it was a little bit dark for for a children's animation. But again, I think that's on YouTube as well, so you can hunt that down and see how disturbing (laughs) and traumatize yourself. But let's talk about some of the other film adaptations. So as I mentioned before, there is 123 total film adaptations at this point of the famous story and the first one was in 1908 so basically as soon as they invented cameras they started filming Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde adaptations (laughs) so Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde has been in cinema for basically as long as cinema has existed so it's perfectly apt for us to talk about on this show Uh, and of course I mentioned the 1920 version already and of course that Burbank animation which came out in 1986 but did you know as well the 1963 and as well as the 1996 remake of The Nutty Professor is also basically an adaptation of uh, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde? I was going to throw that one out there because it is very much the same thing. Very much the same thing, but instead of turning into, I don't know, a, a mean, sinister-looking man, he just turns from, well, in the original 1963 Jerry Lewis version, he just turns from a cool nerdy guy. guy into a cool guy. And he does he, the same thing in the... In remake. the Eddie Murphy version, he turns from a fat guy to a thin guy. Steve Urkel does the same thing as well. Really? Yeah, he turns into a cool guy through a potion. Doesn't he do that in real life, though? Didn't he do that in real life? Like, he became a big, buff, cool guy after playing Steve Urkel for so <laughs> yeah, many years. Yeah, I guess years. so. I guess so. But in the actual... Yeah, I didn't watch Family Matters, so I can't say that I've seen that storyline. And of course, we I think we teased this a little bit before in 2017's The Mummy, which was supposed to be the first movie in the MonsterVerse, which Mm. has since been axed. Russell Crowe played Dr. Jekyll, and he he does actually turn into Mr. Hyde in that movie. But he looks pretty much exactly the same, but he's just meaner. So he turns from Russell Crowe into Russell (laughs) Crowe. He turns from acting Russell Crowe into the real Russell Crowe, basically. (laughs) He starts singing. He was basically the Nick Fury of that universe as well. He's basically collecting all the monsters together. Oh my god, that's so lame. Yeah, I'm so glad that they axed that series. Oh boy, oh boy. But I think it would have been interesting to see like a big budget Hollywood modern adaptation of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. But isn't that what we're here to talk today about today? we can do it. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. And I'm excited. I'm excited. We should get straight World into Obama our plots right phrases. now. Yes. I think it's your turn to go it first. Is. Now, I've got to ask straight away, 
What was your writing process for this one like? Came to me in a flash of inspiration. Yeah? You said you had an idea last week as we came up with the idea of doing this. Yes, I did. Did you stick with that same idea? Yes, I did. There we go. For me, it came to an acting choice and branched out from An acting choice? Mm -hmm. As in like you cast who you wanted as either Dr. Jekyll or Mr. Hyde straight away? And then it just started writing itself. I think the best narratives or stories ever written just kind of come to you. Yeah. And this is certainly what's happened with me. It's just kind of come to me and the story wrote itself. I was just merely participating. I've got an important question for you. The pen was writing itself. Yes. Yes, What was your important important question question (laughs) about your plot? Mm -hmm. Uh, Is it a funny plot or is it a serious plot? It is a Halloween episode. We'll we'll go into it. Okay. All right. Because I was going to say mine is more on the serious side. So I'm kind (laughs) of hoping that you have a sort of funny one. Because uh, I, I don't want to be—I don't want this episode to be too dark. I don't want mm. it to be too scary for the audience. Sure. I'm excited. Let's get I into took it. this very seriously. Okay, so. I'm glad. Here is my plot, which I'm going to call because I want to mix it up a little bit. I want to be really eye-catching, right? I want people yep. to be like, "Who? What's that about?" We've seen Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde and the strange case of Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde. So this one's called Jekyll versus Hyde. Oh, boom! I like it straight away. Intrigue. All right, I Violence, can already tell the tone fighting, of your movie. Action! People buying tickets. All right. So we're going to start with a lonely Kieran because we like to put oh, each other in our movies. So you're, this is your cameo. Uh, you're just an uncast person, an, right. un, yep. an unnamed person, I should say. So I'm just going to refer to you as Kieran yep. in this plot. So you're walking along a deserted street, drunk and stumbling. <laughs> That's Sa- interesting. And he says to himself, this is you, you say to yourself, man, it is so cold and open tonight. <laughs> as I do when I'm typically wandering around drunk. Open? That's- yeah. I mean, like, oh, this alleyway is certainly yeah, dank and you know, secluded. You know, it's it's an open-aired night. It's a cold open. Right. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Right. All right. It was a joke that slipped by me mm. there. So Kieran sees Maddie D, this is my cameo, skipping along and gets knocked over and trampled by a hidden mysterious figure. Much goes, like- oh, what a flashback to my youth. <laughs> Much like the start of the novel, the novella. We see Kieran try to apprehend the figure and is shocked when he sees its face. But mm. we, as the audience, don't see it at all. So the I just sort of, like, it cuts to my face and I just go like, oh! That's right. And you're kind of startled, you're taken aback. The figure drops a wallet and runs away. The wallet has an ID, which you pick up, Kieran. Mm. Kieran picks up the ID and it belongs to Harry Layton. Okay. Who's a character in the novel. Yeah. So next day, Kieran is hungover and distressed. He stumbles over Are you and- sure this isn't just a biopic <laughs> about my life? And knocks on an apartment door. Because I did find someone's wallet with their ID. Did you really? Yeah, and and I I wasn't drunk at the time, mind you. But no word of a lie, the person's last name was uh, Fiddler. Really? Yes. (laughs) And so I laughed and laughed. I mean, I eventually turned it into the police, but for a while I was just like, look at this Fiddler. (laughs) Everybody, everybody, look, I got this Fiddler. Maybe he lived on a roof. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. So Kieran comes and knocks on an apartment door and out exits three supermodel-like women, all coming out looking happy and satisfied. definitely is a biopic. We are then introduced to Kieran's friend and private investigator, Doofy. Okay. Played by whatever the guy in Dora the Explorer's name is. Okay, so it's from Dora and the Lost City of Gold. That's right, that's right. Do you remember when we did Dora and the Lost City of Gold? I was like, we need to cast Doofy in more things. His character's name was Randy in the actual movie, just so you know. And I think his actor's name is Nicholas, and it starts with a C as his last name. Yeah, I think so. He's an Australian actor too, Mm. if you didn't know. Well, he's coming back and he's playing... He's he's, playing Doofy. He's playing Doofy. Detective Doofy, okay. Detective Doofy. All right. That's right. Doofy greets Kieran with a, excuse me. Right. I'm so glad that you had the lighter plot out of the two of us. I'm so glad. Kieran explains the situation, but decides it's nothing. 
and that he's going to leave. But he decides to give the wallet over to Doofy because he knows Doofy and Leighton. Wait, is Matty close. D all right? No, he's, he's trampled somewhere. Okay. Is he still lying in the gutter with like a, a shoe print on his face? <laughs> he somewhere? is. Okay. He is. He's crying. You know, I can play that part. Was he drunk as well when he was trampled or was he just like lying there already? He was just skipping along, enjoying okay. life. It was you that was the drunk. Yeah, okay. Guy. Fair enough. From the bub. <laughs> From the pub. <laughs> From Not the, the bub. bub. <laughs> all right, continue. So... Kieran leaves and Doofy walks into a room and we see it's filled with newspaper clippings of bizarre murders and events Mm. that match Kieran's description. Doofy strokes his chin and says, what a strange case indeed. (laughs) Doofy in a similar scene to that of Silence of the Lambs goes into a jail and meets a huge bulging figure. Mm. Good morning, Dr. Jekyll, says Doofy. Dr. Jekyll is playing. Oh, you mean like bulging muscles? Mm, Bulging bulging muscles. Bulging Bulging muscles. Okay. Bulging muscles because Dr. Jekyll is played by Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Oh, there we go. So Doofy says he's on I the lookout. I hope he turns into a, like Kevin Hart when, he, when, he we'll wait when for he's it. Mr. Hyde. So Doofy says he's on the lookout for a person that's going by the name of Hyde and exhibits a lot of the same characteristics as his alter ego, as in Jekyll's alter ego. He oh, just, is this a sequel? Yeah, kind of. Okay. Not really what we were supposed to be doing, but okay, it's your adaptation. But I, I kind of felt... It's an adaptation. Everyone knows the yeah, story. it's an adaptation. I figure everyone knows the story, so we're not going to insult people's intelligence by just playing yeah, it out. fair enough. So Dr. Jekyll says it's impossible because he destroyed the formula that caused him to have this affliction. Right. So in this universe, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde is like a known quantity. This was something that happened. So he didn't die at the end of the book. No, he did not. Oh, sorry, at the end of the story. He got arrested. Right, okay. Doofy asks Jekyll for his help to track down this mysterious killer. Just then, Jekyll starts to convulse and change. Mm. And we hear this. We hear, what are you doing, Inspector? You messing with my family? We're going to have a problem. (laughs) Edward Hyde, who sits a little shorter than Dr. Jekyll, Mm. is played by Vin Diesel. Of course. In a sinister moment, Hyde asks Doofy what he plans to do and what he wants from Jekyll. Hang on a second. Those two actors hate each other. Why would they want Will it? they be in the same room? Well, I guess not. I then guess not. But why would they go. want to be each other? That's the problem. Then they're not. They're two different characters. Okay. It's an acting exercise for the both of them. Yeah. They're, they're two different characters. Right. They can outdo each other. It'll add a competitive yeah. edge. All right. Fair enough. They'll bring out That's good performances gonna... in each other. That's how you're going to sell it to them when you're hiring them. Yeah. I'll just say it's a solo deal for you guys. You're leading the movie and they'll be like, hang on a second afterwards. So Doofy says that he needs the doctor help in exchange he'll offer them both freedom Hyde smiles and changes back and Jekyll agrees to help Doofy because he feels responsible mm. so they both go to Leighton's house where the wallet was addressed to Leighton is played by Keanu Reeves the place is a mess as if someone trashed the place last night and left in a hurry there are bottles of formula that lie on the floor Jekyll realizes this is a similar for- a similar formula to the one he used previously mm. he also fo- he also finds a broken picture of a young girl Played by Millie Bobby Brown. Ah, oh, there we go. Doofy identifies her fresh off Anola Holmes as Keanu's daughter, whose name is Arola Combs. <laughs> okay. Because Arola Combs. Yes. Because her parents are divorced. So her father's name Mancombs so, Seepgood. <laughs> so her parents are divorced. You know, so she didn't keep yep. that name. Makes sense. They also find a matchbox with the name Pongo Club written on it. Okay. Jekyll knows that the only person cheesy enough, here. <laughs> cheesy enough to know where this location, where this club is, is Hyde. So he tells Doofy to threaten his family. Doofy is confused, but Jekyll tells him, just do it. It's the only way to bring him out. So Doofy does, and the convulsion starts to happen, a similar thing that we saw earlier, and Hyde appears. Gets a little, you know, he's a little defensive at first, but when he calms down, he looks at the matchbox and recognizes the bar. He says, ah, that used to be called the Brooklyn Giggles. Sure, I can take you there. 
Not the Gotham giggles? <laughs> no, the Brooklyn giggles, because okay. that's where I'm setting this up. All right, this okay, movie. fair enough. Then they go to a dingy nightclub. Oh. There, there'll be an exchange with a bouncer, played by Tom Holland, but Doofy beats him up. Wait, as in Spider-Man Tom as Holland? As in Spider-Man Tom wow. Holland. Tiny little bouncer in the corner. But Doofy beats him up as Jekyll stands cowering behind him. I'm starting it. to think that you're not taking this very seriously, buddy. <laughs> I'm taking this very seriously. As I said, the plot writes itself. They then ask where Hyde is, so they call it out in the big room. They're like, hey, where's this Mr. Hyde? And a masked figure stands up and he says, here. And then there's a big impressive fight scene in which Hyde manages to escape. Escape. Wait, is this Vin Diesel Hyde or is this a different Hyde? This is a different Hyde. Okay, this so is the person. Hyde. This is the person that trampled over Maddie D. Right, right, yeah. Okay. It's a masked mystery man going by the name of and Mr. What Hyde. What does their voice sound like without giving too much away? Can you do an impression? So if they said Here. <laughs> what was that? Say that again. Here. 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 Here, laddie. Yes. They interrogate one of Hyde's henchmen who was played by Jaiman Honsu. Oh, of course. And Jekyll turns into Hyde and decides to sing Vin Diesel's new track. Oh, Jaiman's okay. ears start to bleed. <laughs> and then he tells them... As where, did our listeners last week when they heard it. And then he tells them where the bad Hyde is going next. Oh, so he did it as like a, a form of torture. Yeah, because okay. Jaiman Honsu wasn't giving any information out. So like, oh, we've got to resort to really primitive torture techniques. Yeah, okay. So in a nondescript location, our good guys fly in. It's an ancient excavation site with runes and stuff. But to the gang's surprise, Leighton is the one that's tied up. Mm. Arola Holmes appears. Arola Combs. Oh, sorry. Arola Combs appears. And in her best acting says, I didn't want it to end this way. And she turns into her version of Hyde, played by Macy Williams. Oh, okay. Mm. You're expecting a man. (laughs) Oh, no. Typical. Why is she Scottish? Because we know she can do it really well. Oh, of course. Well. From New Mutants. I'm Mr. Hyde to you and the box office cheers. I like your very Irish Scottish accent there. <laughs> Everything comes to a head. There's a big fight scene that happens, but Miss Hyde is stronger than both of them. Jekyll spears Miss Hyde and delivers the people's elbow. There we go. We got it in a movie. And he tells Doofy to take Leighton and get out of here and run while he's got her distracted. Jekyll, in a tearful moment, turns into Hyde and one last time sings Vin Diesel single again. <laughs> the entire place explodes. I don't know you, but I think that I do. Killing them both. Right. Doofy. Okay. And Leighton emerge from the rubble and they see that their backup police team and FBI teams have all arrived. Doofy is clarifying Leighton, who is sad that his daughter is dead. But out of the rubble comes Arola and hugs her father, saying in a Fight Club style twist. Wait, wait, she survived? She did. Okay. In a Fight Club style twist. By the way, I've twist. just worked out now. You probably said this before, but I've only just put it together because there's so much to swallow in yeah. your plot here. I've only just worked out now that Arola Combs mm. is uh, Leighton's daughter. Yes. Okay. Right, right. That clears everything. Because I thought you were saying she was Dr. Jekyll's daughter. No, no, she's uh, and I was she's like, oh, that makes so much sense because like, the picture passed, is in the it's uh, passed down through the genes, the no, genetics. No, but no, well, no, that you, would make a lot more you sense. Had, actually, you had a lot stupider. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, she comes out of the rubble and she says, "Oh, by the way, there is there is the son of Doctor Jekyll and Mister mm. Hyde, where they do actually do that plot. In, yeah. in, that is a movie. Well, in the explosion, her alter ego is gone, is dead. Right. Okay. So the other Dr. Jekyll, sorry, Mrs. Hyde is dead. was killed. Maisie yep. Williams is dead. Okay. That's right. So Emily Blunt, who we haven't seen here yet because we're a sexist film studio, okay. comes up to Doofy and says, well done, Doofy. You finally did it. And he gets his kissy. <laughs> okay. Then Emma Thompson, who's the police chief, pulls Doofy's shoulder. Do you and mean says, Emma Thompson or Tessa Thompson? Emma Thompson. Okay. Right, Emma right, Thompson right. is who I mean. 
and says, because, you know, she could play a police chief, I yeah, feel. okay. Says, that was reckless, Doofy, and irresponsible, and so brave. And Doofy gets his kiss. <laughs> Again? Yeah. Okay. Then Leighton comes up and thanks him for bringing his daughter back. And Doofy gets his kiss. <laughs> Stop it. You're running this into the ground. <laughs> so a post credit scene shows a diner kitchen where a waitress says, you won't believe this guy back here. He asked for 200 pancakes. The chef replies, who is this Rudy Poo candy ass? Oh. The camera goes back and we see the eating area to reveal Dr. Jekyll is alive and well. There we go. Wow, he's sitting there with his daughter. It's cheat day. It's cheat day. He's been up all day clanging and banging those dumbbells down at the Golden Palace. That's my plot. Or whatever other references from previous episodes you can squeeze in there. Wow, mate. Wow. That was appalling. (laughs) Why? It was was just references to our show. That was good. Happy Halloween. You didn't even do it subtly. Wow. (laughs) I'm so glad. Like I said, I'm so glad that you had the more upbeat light plot because- was fully serious. Okay, yep, of mm. course, of course. I'm pitching this to the studio You're going tomorrow. in with a straight face. Hey, I think I can make the next universe. Well, okay, yeah. The Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Doing, Hyde universe. You're rebooting the monster universe. Mm. So instead of doing your uh, remake of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, you're just rebooting the monster universe, yeah. which probably would have made for a better episode now that I think about it, because <laughs> you could have done this plot as a part of that universe. That is a really ooh, good idea. Ooh, that is a really good idea. Ideas for future episodes, maybe. There we go. I never thought about rebooting a franchise before. Huh. Anyway, anyway. So yeah, like I said, I'm glad you had a more lighthearted one because I decided Are we to be to, depressed. Because I decided to incorporate a few things that some audience members, a few elements and themes in my plot, some audience members may be a little bit sensitive to so i just want to put out a little bit of a blanket warning that i'm not having a go at any real world situations or oh no or, what are you doing or lifestyles here at all i'm just trying to make my dr jekyll and mr hyde movie as though it is a real like 2020 modern day horror movie so i sort of approached okay. it from the same way as like how horror movies are made these days and i also took a lot of elements from previous horror movies and similar storylines that i liked and just worked them into a plot so if it comes across at all like I'm making fun or making light or having a go at any sort of issues that people are sensitive to. I'm not. That's not the intention. That's my blanket statement. I probably didn't need to make this disclaimer, but I think it's just important after Maddie D's plot and the direction that that went in. I don't want you to think that I'm doing the same thing here. I really don't want you to think that. Well, like we can have, we can chuckle about it and think how ridiculous it is, but I'm just writing from the viewpoint of a real Hollywood writer, basically. Okay. So, that was quite a disclaimer. Yeah. So let's get straight into it. So... I won't tell you the title of the movie straight away because I don't want to give the twist, basically. Do you have a director? Because I didn't think of that. No, I didn't think of a director either. I scratched my brain. I scratched my head. I scratched my brain. I stuck my finger up through my nose and scratched my brain for ages, but I couldn't drag anything out. So you didn't have a director either? No, I didn't either. What about Taika Waititi? I think he's suited to that Oh, who's going to do a cameo in my movie? I totally forgot. Yeah, he can direct it. Yeah, okay. He's the director. So yeah, I don't have a director because I don't know too many modern horror directors, I suppose. Who did us again? Jordan Peele. Jordan Peele. Uh, yeah, actually, I'll have Jordan Peele. It's a Jordan Peele, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde movie. Yeah. And I think that actually fits for a lot of the thematic stuff that we talk about, even though we're not going to go into race or anything let's, like that. Let's hear it. Right. So the movie opens with a montage of a modern science lab complete with bubbling beakers and test tubes. And we see our main character, Heidi Jekyll. <laughs> Played by Ella Belinska from Charlie's Angels, if you remember her. Which character was she? She was one of the three angels. Which? Three so she angels? wasn't Kristen Stewart. <laughs> I know she wasn't Kristen Stewart. She was Stewart. the British one. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. She was the daughter of that. The nerdy one. Yeah, that's right. That's mm-hmm. right. So that was her. So I thought she should be in more stuff after her stellar performance in Charlie's Angels. Just wait till we cover that episode in a few weeks, folks. But anyway, she is doing some science. Just pouring chemicals back and forth in beakers as is standard in a movie. So... 
Her boss and lead project scientist, George Karu, who was a character from the book, by the way, played by John Goodman, of course, of course. Of course, you've got to have John he's Goodman He's got to be in, in my plot. He enters the lab and starts looking over her shoulder. He tells her that the sequence she's using in her chemical formula isn't quite correct, causing Heidi to roll her eyes. <laughs> While leaning over her shoulder, George gets uncomfortably close to Heidi and compliments her perfume. Mm. Heidi is repulsed by George, but doesn't do or say anything for fear that she might offend her boss. Okay. So George mentions that he was thinking of promoting her to a higher position in the lab, and Heidi's eyes light up. George suggests that she join him for dinner at his house that evening to discuss it further. Oh, no. And Heidi hesitantly agrees. What's wrong? Oh, you no, seem anxious. I'm just, uh, I'm just seeing where you're going here. Oh, really? Mm. Okay. Why do you always pick John Goodman for these roles? Because he's got to be in there. Right. That's just my thing. That's but my thing. The sleazy executive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have nothing against John Goodman. I just He's my go-to guy for movies. Anyway, speaking of go-to guys, that evening while walking to a liquor store to pick up a bottle of wine, Heidi is leered at by a couple of drunken jerks, played by Kieran and Matty D. So <laughs> I'm reprising my role from the drunk in your plot in this plot as well, except we're both drunk this time. Yeah. She tries to ignore the two jerks as she walks into the store, and they spit beer and lewd remarks at her. While Heidi is buying a nice red... The liquor store clerk compliments her appearance and asks if she's a model. Heidi smiles and tells him that she's actually a chemical engineer, which causes the clerk to laugh and he doesn't believe her. Okay. When Heidi arrives at George's house, he greets her with an awkward kiss on the cheek. As the two make small talk, they're interrupted by a young woman who descends down the stairs, played by Florence Pugh. Uh, she played uh, Black Widow's sister in Black Widow. There you go, which we haven't covered yet. Uh, well, we, we made a prediction of it, but we haven't seen the movie We're going to be covering yeah. it. So you'll know who she is by then. Anyway, the two women catch each other's eyes and we can tell that there's an instant spark between the two. We don't know if this is friendship, romance. We, we can just tell from the, the stellar acting that they're giving us. Anyway, <laughs> George introduces the young woman as his daughter, Millie. Millie smiles and says that she wasn't expecting the Dr. Jekyll that her dad was always talking about to be a woman. Heidi laughs and says that that happens to her all the time. You're smiling knowingly, Matty D. Oh, you, know. you got some predictions of where this plot's going to go? I would never, ever make any predictions this early in. Okay, fair enough. All right, continuing on. Over dinner, the three begin talking about personalities, as is standard in Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde movies. And George theorizes that the outward persona that everyone projects is completely different to their actual persona. He says something along the lines of, Look at those Japanese <laughs> businessmen who rule the corporate world during the day and then dress up in diapers and get whipped at night. <laughs> yeah, all those guys. Yeah. Millie yeah. is disgusted by her father's crude example and says that a better example would be people who are still unsure about their sexuality or gender as their inner self is in constant conflict with what they're told is normal by society. Oh, that's ridiculous. Heidi shifts uncomfortably in her chair but agrees. And then Heidi points out how the only real difference in people's personality is the chemical balance in their brain. So basically says, what's the difference between a psychopath and a school teacher? Just the chemical makeup in their brain. Makes sense? Mm -hmm. Are all the metaphors sliding into place yet? Yes. After dinner, Millie pulls Heidi aside and tells her that she isn't the first employee that her father has brought round for dinner. What was her name, sorry? Who, Millie or Heidi? Heidi, yeah. Millie says, he's just being nice to you because he wants to get in your pants. It's disgusting. Heidi tells Millie that she can look out for herself and that she's only doing what she thinks is the right thing to do to make it in her career. Millie simply says, you should be doing what you want to do, not what he thinks you want to do. Later that evening, as Heidi is walking home, she sees a group of giggling drunk women leaving a nightclub. Heidi watches them for a while as the women stumble down the street, loudly speaking their mind to each other. There we go, some more metaphors thrown at you, a little bit of subtlety there, mm -hmm. which I happen to highlight, and there goes the subtlety. Anyway, <laughs> back at Heidi's apartment, we see that she has converted her kitchen into a makeshift lab. She pours herself a glass of wine and starts scribbling away furiously on a scrap of paper. 
We then see a montage of Hardy mixing chemicals, doing some more science. Some science stuff. And we love the science stuff. <laughs> yes. And doing complicated equations before finally synthesizing a strange blue mixture. Heidi squeezes a few of the drops of this liquid into her wine glass before drinking it back in a single gulp. Suddenly, Heidi drops to the floor, clutching her stomach in agony. As she screams, we see that her body is slowly stretching and changing. Mm-hmm. When the screaming stops, we see that... Tra- oh, no. <laughs> What's wrong? Uh, um, go on. <laughs> when the screaming stops, we see that Heidi has transformed into a man. Yeah, yeah. Played by... <laughs> that was happening. Played by... Mm-hmm. Jaimon Honsu. Hey! <laughs> Very nice. The hardest working man in Hollywood, Very of course. Nice. The man stares at himself in the bathroom mirror and a smile slowly creeps across his face. He quickly pulls on his jacket and leaves the apartment. Well, I suppose it wouldn't be his jacket. It'd be one of Heidi's jackets, presumably. Mm-hmm. We cut to the man entering a, here we go, a dingy nightclub. Yeah. Where he immediately hits the dance floor. He starts flexing and grooving and soon catches the attention of a woman in a red skirt, played by... Jennifer Lawrence. There we go. I just thought yeah. I'd oh, she's back. give her another chance at Hollywood <laughs> another after chance. the disaster that was Dark Phoenix. <laughs> anyway, the two start grinding and making out on the dance floor before finally pulling away to the bar. As the man gulps down a glass of champagne, the woman asks, what's your name? The man goes to say Heidi, but stops himself short. So it sounds like Hyde instead. Ah. There we go. The woman laughs and says, Hyde, that's a strange name. <laughs> that's a strange case. The next morning, Heidi wakes up groggy and hungover, quite like me and your plot, in her own bed. She has returned to her normal self. But to her surprise, she finds that the woman is lying next to her. Heidi wriggles out of the woman's arms and quickly gets dressed. In the bathroom, Heidi stares at her face in the mirror when suddenly the woman walks in. The woman gasps and says, Oh, I swear I didn't know he was married, and then leaves in a hurry. (laughs) That could work out quite good for her. Yeah, exactly. At her work, Heidi finds that she can barely pay attention to what she's working on. George notices that she's looking a little tired and sends her home. Back at her apartment, Heidi stares at the blue formula. She's doing a lot of staring. She does a lot of staring, this one. Heidi stares at the blue formula as she finishes a glass of wine. She goes. She to- also does a lot of drinking of wine yeah, as well. Yeah, it's a little bit of a metaphor. Anyway, she goes to pour herself another glass, but the <laughs> bottle is empty. After hesitating for a moment, she grabs the formula and takes a sip. Heidi then again painfully transforms into Hyde. We cut to a strip club where Heidi sits in a dark corner, grinning creepily at the dancing girls. <laughs> okay. He then notices two familiar-looking faces. It's the two drunk jerks who leered at Heidi yesterday. The two jerks are sitting by the stage, casually tossing $5 notes at the dancers. (laughs) A while later, when the two jerks leave the club, drunk yet again. Are we playing these characters too? Yeah, it's the same two guys. It's it's the characters that we were playing earlier. A while later, the two jerks leave the club, drunk yet again. As they cut down an alleyway next to the club, Hyde follows them in the shadows. The jerks are in the middle of discussing the possibility of sharing a hooker when suddenly... <laughs> these are characters we're playing, Matty. Okay, all right, all right. <laughs> it's not actually us. We're, they're in the middle of discussing the possibility of sharing a hooker when suddenly Hyde slams a pipe into the back of one of their heads. You can take your pick who. <laughs> the jerk drops to the ground and Hyde swings his pipe at the second jerk, breaking his nose. Hyde grunts with effort as he gleefully smashes their faces into a bloody mess. Oh, man. And we are Dunsky. Heidi wakes up in her bed again with her hands and face covered in specks of blood. As she washes it off, on the TV in the background, we see a news report on the murder of the two drunks. And we see from the look on Heidi's face that she totally regrets the night before. Very Joker-ish. Yeah, a little bit. Back at her work, Heidi is surprised to run into Millie, who is visiting her dad. Millie is pleased to see Heidi again and asks if she wants to hang out sometime. After a pause, Heidi agrees that they should. That evening, Heidi and Millie go to the movies and watch an Incredible Hulk movie. (laughs) Afterwards, the two sit in a cafe nearby laughing about how unrealistic the movie's science was. (laughs) 
Millie mentions how she thinks the guy who played Bruce Banner is hot, which confuses Heidi. So which Hulk? Or do we not know? Because we don't have the uh, rights to that movie. Yeah, we don't have the rights. Is so. it Mark Ruffalo? Is it It Eric could Banner? be Mark Ruffalo. It could be... Is it Edward Norton? It could be any one of those people. Take your pick. I, I don't think we see who's playing the Hulk. We just we could just presume. Whoever was Hulk last is just the first person that jumps to your mind. Anyway, it's not important. Heidi drops Millie back off at her house, and Millie tells Heidi that they should hang out more often, and Heidi considers kissing her. Ooh. Ooh but is interrupted by George coming out of the front door. Heidi awkwardly says goodbye before hurrying home. Later that night, Hyde picks up a prostitute and takes her back to a sleazy hotel. He is affectionate to her at first, but suddenly becomes violent towards her. Hyde then returns to Millie and George's house and spies on Millie through the window. Ooh, getting a bit creepy here. What's going on? The next day at work, George confronts Heidi and asks if there's something going on between her and Millie. Heidi is embarrassed and insists that they're just friends. George then tells her that he's offered the promotion he mentioned earlier to another employee. Oh, what a jerk. That night, after work, George is walking to his car in a dark car park. As he opens the car boot to put his briefcase in, Hyde appears and hits George from behind, knocking him into the boot. Hyde drives George's car out into the middle of nowhere where he berates George as Heidi. So if you can imagine, Heidi is speaking through Hyde. So just Does Hyde have Heidi's voice? No, no. It's Hyde's voice, it's just... Here. We just know say. that it's Heidi. She's not disguising the fact that she's the same person. Mm-hmm. Um, so she speaks to George as Heidi before finally beating him to death with a tire iron. Hyde then dumps the car into a lake. So the body's in the trunk. Yep. And then and she... the trunk, truck is in the car and the car is in the lake. <laughs> the, tru- uh, the, the truck, no. The trunk the is trunk. in the... <laughs> The trunk is on the car, the car is in the lake. Yeah, exactly. A few days later, Millie calls Heidi and mentions that she's worried about her father since he hasn't come home for several days. Heidi lies and says that she hasn't seen George since she saw him at work last. Heidi visits Millie at her house to comfort her and the two share a drink while Millie stresses about her father. Feeling guilty, Heidi hugs Millie. But to her horror, Heidi notices that her hands are starting to change into Hyde's. So she locks herself in the bathroom. While Millie taps on the door asking if she's all right... (laughs) Heidi transforms uh, into Hyde. Yeah, I'm okay. <laughs> yes, I swear, nothing's wrong. Hearing the unnatural screams, Heidi grabs a kitchen knife and uses it to break open the bathroom door lock. To her surprise, she sees Hyde instead of Heidi and starts freaking out. Hyde grabs Millie and tries to tell her that she's actually Heidi, but in a panic, Millie stabs Hyde several times in the chest. Hyde collapses to the floor and begins to bleed out, and as Hyde dies, he transforms back into Heidi, leaving behind a screaming, traumatised Millie. Oh, man. And that is the end of my movie. Wow, what a fun one. Directed by Jordan Peele. (laughs) See, I told you I was glad that your one was the light-hearted one. So, what was the title? Oh, and the title for that movie was Mr. Heidi. Mr. Heidi. Which sounds more like a wacky comedy title. Mr. Heidi. But it makes sense. What was your writing process? Oh, I had the idea when we were discussing doing the plot last week, and I was just like, that's an interesting idea, because I don't think it's been done. I did a little bit of research into a lot of the movie adaptations, and I don't think they've ever done uh, a woman Dr. Jekyll turning into a male Dr. Hyde. They've done it the other way around. They've done a couple versions where a male Dr. Jekyll... I mean, Dr. Rob Jekyll... Schneider did do the hot chick. Yeah, and it's actually based on Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. <laughs> did you know that? Well, I, I, I didn't know it was based that strongly on it. Yeah, but... but there is a few adaptations where Dr. Jekyll turns into a female Mrs. Hyde. <laughs> so there's like Dr. Jekyll and Mrs. Hyde, and yep. then there's like Dr. Jekyll, Lady Hyde, I think is another one. Uh, no, Sister Hyde. Dr. Jekyll and Sister, Sister Hyde. Hyde. That, was, that was one that really resonated to me I think it was a 1967 might have been a little bit later actually uh, version where you know, Dr. Jekyll is actually Jack the Ripper cool this is actually a very common reoccurring thing in the movie adaptations that either Dr. Jekyll or Mr. Hyde is Jack the Ripper and then oh. they're using the transformation
information to cover that up. Cool. Or vice versa, you know. You know what I'm saying. It's around the same period. But yeah, so in that version, Dr. Jekyll and Sister Hyde, Dr. Jekyll discovers a formula that turns him into a lady and he creates the formula so he can continue killing prostitutes. But because he's becoming a little bit notorious as Jack the Ripper, he wants Mm -hmm. to cover his tracks by turning into a woman. So it's a Hammer horror movie, so it's very sort of like dark and gothic. Cool. But I was very much inspired by that movie. So it was very much sort of like a remake of that, but with the genders swapped around. And I also, if, if this wasn't, obvious enough already <laughs> i also wanted it to be like an allegory for alcoholism oh. as well so if you notice whenever she's transforming into hide it's alcohol's always involved and she wakes up the next morning and regrets everything mm. so there was that as well but as i said it wasn't entirely subtle it seems like we both thought very hard about our plots yes yeah exactly yeah especially you yeah <laughs> there you go it's anyway, a lot of work anyway i want to know doing this show <laughs> I want to know if you, dear listener, have your own ideas of how you would remake a modern movie version of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Have you ever read the novella? Have you got some ideas that haven't been done yet? I'd love to hear them. Uh, Put him in space. Every, yeah, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde Put in space. Put him in space. Why not? I'm surprised that one of us didn't do that. But yeah, I want to hear some new ideas. Everyone knows the story. I think everyone could do a great adaptation. So yeah, if you have any ideas, please send them to potentialspoilerspod at gmail.com. You can hunt us down on Facebook and let us know there. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram, or you can leave us a comment on this episode's page on the Podbean site. And who did you think had the better plot? Me or Matty D? I don't think we should encourage people to write in because you, your feelings might get hurt. Oh, yeah, fair enough. You can compliment both. I like them both equally. <laughs> I like them both equally. That's the only thing you're allowed to They're say. They're both going on the fridge. Yes, exactly. Mm. Exactly. Mm. Uh, also, let us know if there's another horror franchise that could be rebooted. Yes. Ooh, that'd be cool. Because we struggled. The yeah. reason that we just sort of came up with doing Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde is because that hasn't really been... Well, it's been done a lot. Because every slasher movie, every yeah. mainstream horror every, movie... Every mainstream horror franchise has been rebooted in at the last, some stage like, or years. remade. Within the last 10 years. So mm. Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde isn't really something that has been done in the mainstream that often. So that's why I thought it was ripe. And it was basically the only horror property that hadn't been done recently. <laughs> Look, there's Frankenstein. Oh, we could have done Frankenstein. That hasn't been done uh, re- that no, recently. Frankenstein was remade recently. It was done in the MonsterVerse with... Um... Are you talking about I, Frankenstein? Because uh, that was a completely different thing. I swear it was. I swear with Aaron Eckhart? Yes. No, no, that was a completely different thing. That was I, Frankenstein. That wasn't part of the MonsterVerse. Oh, okay. That was just... But that was... A Frankenstein just, yeah. movie. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's another thing that they keep doing it over and over again because I think it's in the public domain. The story's yeah. in the public domain. But yeah, anyway, if you can think of a horror franchise, a horror movie franchise that hasn't recently been remade, let us know and we'll consider doing it because it is the Halloween season after all. But of course, we should also announce what we're going to be talking about next week. Let's do it. Of course, we're returning to the world of actual spoilers where we cover movies that we've predicted in the past and see how well we did. Speaking of the Halloween season, oh, this is going to be the scariest thing you hear all day, Matty D. <laughs> yep. Next week, we're going to be returning to The Kitchen, the since-forgotten movie, The Kitchen. There we go. Now, this was a movie that we did not have a trailer for. We had no, no idea at all. We based it all on the title. That's right. The title is what we based our prediction on. The first trailer for The Kitchen actually came out the day after we recorded our episode on it. Yeah. So we predict it with, yeah, just the title. And I think we had a little bit of like background on the characters, but oh man, what an effort that was. And I'm going to be very surprised if we're close at all, but I'm also excited to see how well we did. So listen to that episode, watch The Kitchen, go on this journey with us. Yeah, be one of like the two people who've actually watched (laughs) The Kitchen. We can create like a little club of just the people who've watched The Kitchen. Yes, exactly. You and us. It'll be an exclusive club. (laughs) I don't know why I'd want to, but anyway, we've got to. So join us next week for that. And thanks for joining us this week. Yeah, and we're going to put our costumes on and go trick-or-treating. Yes, we are. Ever.
everyone knows there are two sides to the infamous Dr. Jekyll. By day, the man. By night, the monster. Put a woman in your life, a good woman, and one day you'll wake up and you'll see a changed man. Now, Hammer believe you too are ready for a change. An absolutely complete change. This is the testament of Dr. Henry Jekyll. Male. 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 It's Hyde, isn't it? How is your brother? He hasn't been himself of late. This is the new Dr. Jekyll, the most evil woman you'll ever see. This is the sensuous Sister Hyde, the most evil man you'll ever meet. Stay away from her. She means you great harm. But why? I just feel it, that's all. Dr. Jekyll, Sister Hyde. Man or woman? Or both? In this film, you will actually see the sinister Dr. Jekyll change in mind and body into the totally evil Sister Hyde. It is I who exist, Dr. Jekyll, not you. It is I who will be rid of you. Rid of you, woman! Rid of you! Hammer invites you to share the agony of a man whose body is possessed by a strange passion to murder and beyond. They must be female, no more than 20 years old. There will be a different kind of victim tonight. And then the tug of war will be ended between us. A fascinating situation, don't you think? It'll be interesting to see who wins. <laughs>